So the rare earths were always there, uh, but just not in any sort of level of abundance that got us excited mm. earlier on until WA1 yes. made their discovery. Hello, and welcome to the Market Bull Podcast. Please note, topics and stocks discussed in this podcast are not financial or investment advice. Gary Harvey is the Managing Director of Rincon Resources, which is listed on the ASX under code RCR. Rincon Resources is a junior explorer focused on copper gold and recently rare earths and other critical battery metals. It's focused on WA currently and Gary discussed the historical exploration in the area and why it's so exciting for Rincon Resources. Given the success of WA1, Gary highlighted some of the similarities they can see with their projects and what investors can expect. The company completed an oversubscribed capital raising recently and Gary talked about what the funds are going to be used for and who is a part of the team. Here is Gary Harvey. So hello, I'm Ben Kostrich and this is the Market Bull podcast. Joining me in the studio today is Gary Harvey, the Managing Director of Rincon Resources, which is listed on the ASX under code RCR. It's got three highly prospective areas that they're exploring for copper gold and as we're going to talk about a little bit of rare earths as well, which is quite exciting. Um, it's a first time MD role for, for yourself, Gary, but I can imagine you've done a fair bit in your history and your lead up to this. So for listeners that aren't familiar with yourself, um, being your first time on, on a podcast as well, what is your, your story and history? Well, Ben, thanks for having me. Um, this, yeah, this is all a first, so, uh, and a little bit exciting and mm. at the same time. Um, so look, my, I'm a geologist by background and, um, graduated from RMIT in 94 um, and went straight into the exploration side of um, the industry. Uh, I started, you know, I started in an office in Melbourne um, but then quickly went to the goldfields uh, north of Laverton in an area, a project area called Dukedon and I was there for three years as an exploration geologist, junior exploration geologist and um, look, that was my grounding and uh, um, and as you know, people may know that the whole Dukedon area is now uh, Regis Resources and the mm. mining multi-millions of ounces. Um, from there, I then <coughs> went to um, a smaller company called Forestani Gold and did a lot of uh, regional grassroots type exploration. Um, and so that got me familiar with that area of the industry. And, um, you know, just started doing a lot of reconnaissance work. So um, learned how to, to map, um, understand the, the basics of geology, mm. you know, what to look for, where to go. Um, and then, you know, how would you um, test something with limited funds? Um, and so that was uh, all put together. And then I eventually found myself on a mine site, fly and fly out, mm. uh, which was great, but very bureaucratic. Um, didn't like it. I don't really like working in those environments. So yeah. I stuck to the pure exploration game and um, found myself at a company called Barrow Resources and, uh, and had operations around the goldfields, particularly Coolgardi. I was there for 17 years. Um, I started as a contract geologist, I was put on the books as an as a, as a exploration geo, went to senior, um, and then eventually fell into... Uh, the exploration manager's role when the, um, funnily enough, the managing director at the time, who was also the exploration manager, mm. uh, resigned and uh, I stepped in and took the EM role um, okay. with no real experience. Um, but 
learnt as I went. I surrounded myself with good technical people and, and learnt the skills as I um, you know, developed into a more senior mm. exploration manager. Um, and then uh, really from Barra, um, came to Rincon, went about six months, I think, or four months after Rincon IPO'd yep. and came in to, to get things going, run the show. And um, so, yeah. Uh, that's the sort of that's my story experience. in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. And uh, so, look, I've just obviously taken all those skills. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up the, the corporate side of the world mm. as I go. I've got uh, good board members around me who support me. And, um, you know, and I, I, I continue to surround myself with technical people um, for mentoring, technical input, advice, all that kind of stuff to make sure that the decisions we make um, are the right decisions for the company. Yeah, and I think that's a key, especially with junior exploration companies. Uh, you're really looking and evaluating land. That's the, the forefront. That is the mission and trying to uncover potential resources, then take it down the track. And that sort of lends itself to someone that's got experience in that field as yeah. opposed to the could say the the further down the line developer that's more more corporate and as as we said like an engineer background which yeah. sort of leads itself into project development and all that but that's getting away from the point of what Rincon Resources is so if you've never heard of the company and you're discussing what it is I mean what what is Rincon Resources so look Rincon Resources is a West Australian listed um, well registered mm. uh, company and uh, exploration focused and uh, you know when we listed we were at strictly copper gold focused and, and the projects was, were built together around that. Um, but more recently, I guess, uh, with you know, some of the success that we've been seeing in, our, in the Western Runter region um, and look, some of the, the mineralisation that we've even been getting in our own project, um, that we've started to shift um, towards uh, adding rare earths. And, uh, and, and that starts to take you down that sort of battery metals, mm. future-facing metals uh, sort of areas. So um, so really, we're sort of evolving into a copper rare earths. Um, we're probably likely to add lithium to the portfolio yeah. um, to, to balance that balance that out. Um, and gold will always probably be there in some some respects. I mean, Telfer is a, is a copper gold area. Yeah. Um, so there's always, you know, that's probably gold with copper, mm. but very large deposits. So that's... They're going to probably find a lot of copper there, um, and then you know Western Runter is 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 an IACG, you know again copper gold, mm. um, and um, but obviously the opportunity for rare earths has risen, you know significantly since probably so, a few so years ago. Really, so we're we're uh, we're embarking on investigating that as um, as part of that project as well. So. Yeah, because when I was looking at the, the website and doing research myself, it, it, the projects or the tenements and the areas that you've got have got quite a bit of, I guess, history uh, and here, his, historical data uh, and research already being done on it. And as we know, the looming EV uh, transition and, and what yep. we want as a society and just as the world leads itself to a lot of these materials really needing to accelerate and come to the forefront. And yep. you've got projects all throughout Western Australia. Mm. Um, so if we're breaking down each of those, I mean, if we want to start with the South, uh, South Telfer um, project, can we just discuss a little bit about, uh, I guess, the history of the project and where it's located, just so listeners and viewers can get an understanding of whereabouts it is? Sure. So South Telfer project um, is, as the name suggests, is close to the Telfer gold mine mm. in Patterson Range. Um, that's the East Pilbara. Um I don't know if anyone knows where Telfer is, but it's it's quite a fair way out. I mean, if people know where Port Hedland is, Marble Bar, 
continue to go east. Fair bit more. Another, <laughs> uh, you know, 300 odd kilometres from Marble Bar and there's Telfer in the middle of uh, the desert. Mm. Um, and Telfer's been, well, Telfer's a massive, massive mine. It's world class, right? It's, you know, I think their records or their site indicates it's produced in its entirety over 32 million ounces of gold, right? Mm. And a significant amount of tonnes of, <clears throat> of copper. Um, so the region clearly has potential, um, maybe not to produce a 32 million ounce operation, but certainly multi-million ounce deposits. Yeah. Um, and we've seen that with recent discoveries at Haveron. Okay, that's uh, over, well, it's up to 5.5 million ounces and a couple hundred thousand tonnes um, in, in resource. Um, and then we knew, um, which is quite similar. It's it's up near six million ounces of gold, mm. um, but it's actually a copper deposit. It's got nearly two and a half million tons of copper, right? And Rio Tinto are driving that. Um, you know, if they yeah. want to develop that, they see an opportunity to get a copper industry going on in the Pilbara um, or in that region. So um, our project um, is really um, exciting. Um, we got a very large package of ground. It's over 550 square k's. And we have got um, the extension of the geology and the trends that host a lot of the mineralisation. At Telfer, um, we've got the extension to the southeast. Right? And we have about 35 kilometres, 30 kilometres of that extension. And funnily enough, from Telfer to our boundary is about 30 k's, 35 mm. k's, and then we've got the additional 25 k's, albeit it starts, that trend and the geology starts to go undercover. So in the past, it's received quite little attention because of the, the level of cover. But um, Haveron has demonstrated that, you know, if your targets are, are valid, sufficient um, enough, the there's potential. Good, the structures are there, then it's worth having a crack testing those because, you know, there could be five and a half million ounces mm. sitting underneath that cover. Uh, particularly on a trend that's produced over 32 million ounces of gold. Um, so that's that's the big tick for us with this project. Um, not only that, but um, there's, a, there's a parallel trend to the south of Telfer, which we refer to as our Hasty's Grace trend. That's also got an abundance of mineralisation. Um, it doesn't have any significant or major deposits on it yet, um, but we've got a prospect there called Hasty's, Mm. Um, in fact, Hastings is a domal type um, structure, just like Telfer. Um, it's about three and a half k's long, 1.2 k's wide in terms of surface area, um, but it's got scattered superficial anomalism right, at the surface outcropping uh, around the perimeter of this of this dome. So Hastings is fairly exciting um, for us, and that's where we started. Our show, right? Yeah. Our first program was at Hasty's. Gotcha. And, and I mean, you're saying that there is a fair bit of activity and, and potential there. And I can imagine um, having this package clearly means there's going to be a fair bit of thought processing about how to uh, allocate resources and start really expanding yeah. that and bringing news to, to investors. So, I mean, what, what are the plans really to sort of start developing or, I mean, currently underway potentially that those projects there and, and what really do you ambition or, or foresee happening over the next sort of period of time? Yeah, look, you know, um, we've spent a lot of time developing really good drill targets. Um, as I said, we started at Hastings because as an outcropping system presented a very early opportunity to have a crack. And um, we did that. And um, 
there's more to be done at Hastings. Yep. Okay, we've, we've sort of stepped aside from Hastings for the moment. But you've got to prioritise your spending and your yeah, drill targets. We'll, yeah, we'll probably course. get back to that at some stage. But um, and, and the reason also we did that is because we had to get in uh, and get access to some of these other areas. Um, and I refer to the continuation of Telfer's trends, mm. right? Now, that sits in a package of ground that we just simply couldn't physically get access to. Yeah. So um, the last couple of years, it's been about developing access yeah. um, to get there. And uh, we had to negotiate with Newcrest Mining to use their tracks to get in. And then it was all about uh, negotiating heritage, yes, getting clearances, site clearances. And, you know... It, it, Look, it took time. Mm. Doesn't happen um, overnight. These things. No, it doesn't. And but um, we've done that. That's all done now. And now it's just about executing strategy, programs, and we will be drilling next week. And mm. We'll talk about that um, a little bit more. Yeah. <coughs> uh, but that's you know that's been the play. So we've been trying to conserve money until we've got that access, mm. but also continuing to push our Kiwikara project. Same thing. When I came, when I came to Rincon, um, there really had been no work done on getting access to the ground. And so quite quickly, I had to negotiate land access agreement with the um, Jamu Jamu Native Title People group. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it's the, it's the Kiwakura Native Title People. Jamu Jamu is the managing um, body. Yes, yeah. Um, and we did that. And then there was another series of subsequent permits and approvals you had to get from Department of uh, Aboriginal Affairs and, and Department of Mayors to get permits and yep. endorsements to actually set foot on the ground um, to start work. And we only achieved that uh, in November last year. Mm. But since we've done that, um, we've got on the ground, we've done some mapping, sampling, we've developed targets, we've got more work to do. But um, again, we're now in a position to start drilling in a few months' time. Mm. Um, and so in between all that, um, you know, the journey has been about, okay, well, we've got great projects. We love them all. Um, and we know this one, Telfer, has got a fantastic opportunity. We're learning and understanding more about Kirikara. Um, so where there's an opportunity there. I mean, it's been recent, mm. as you know, rare yes. Niobe yes. discoveries up the road. So... That's put a lot of focus and attention. So that's obviously meant, well, you know, we need to get in the game quicker um, and that's going to happen. Um, but then also, you know, we've been looking at and reassessing our Labor project. Mm. Okay. And we've, we, we've, you know, when you talk about prioritising and where do we put our money, we've identified Labor and there's probably not an area that we want to put too much more money into. Mm. Um, so we're looking at opportunities, business transactions or whatever to try and take Laverton out mm. and maybe put in another project. And I mentioned earlier that you know lithium yes. is probably a likely Complementary sort of project for yeah. it. Yeah. And, that, and that will complement you know, the metals focus, copper, gold, mm. rare earth, lithium, you know, the battery high-tech area that everywhere and everything seems to yes, be going for yeah. obvious reasons. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's essentially where we're at. Yeah. No, it, it is. There's a, there's a fair bit happening in, and you said there's a bit of drilling coming up and um, that's always exciting because that really gets to, 
well, all the work leads up to the drilling. And then, of course, there's a lot more work in regards to analyze the results and then getting the package yeah. and, and announcing. And again, that's another process that doesn't happen overnight. But I mean, you mentioned there you've, you've, you've got some plans to, to do some drilling work. I mean, what's being involved in getting that to the point where it is now? And, and when, when can we really start expecting some more news flow about potentially those results and drilling programs? Yeah, well, look, like I said, um, we've been really keen and eager to get into Mammoth. We identified Mammoth as a really exciting target. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a, um, an intrusive-related copper-gold target. You know, a bit like Havron. Mm. Um, and we know there's a similar style deposit up the road called Ironclad. Um, where there's mineralisation um, related to this dollarite intrusion. So that mammoth is the same. Um, and there's been some limited drilling there in the past, but that drilling indicated the presence of copper gold around yeah. that target. Um, but the target itself, where we'd like to drill, has never really been tested. Okay? And those areas are based on similar styles of structures and positions that we're seeing up the road mm. at the Ironclad. Um, and those positions, if you to transfer those positions and analogy onto our target, yeah. they've not been tested effectively. So we've actually got a drilling program um, starting in about a week and a half. Mm. Right? We've got earthworks, siteworks are starting next week, um, and that's going to take a bit of time. It involves putting in some sand dune crossings, yeah. um, and that's been one of the biggest challenges is working with heritage native title groups to find points to cross a sand dune and then managing the disturbance of that sand dune because yep. they're quite important to the mm. community um, to put these tracks in and then put, you know, you've got to put special pads and mm. stuff like that. So you a lot of logistics dune, involved right? in it, yeah. Um, and so that's uh, time-consuming and expensive. Um, but has to be done in a lot of way. It has to be done. And you don't just want to do it for any old target. You mm -hmm. want to do it for special targets. And Mammoth is a special target. Um, and so we've got a good program um, up to 3,000 metres planned. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we won't, I can't see us drilling maybe all that 3,000 straight away. We're actually going to, every hole we'll be looking at and assessing and then deciding, okay, well, that hole is good. Yeah. Let's go drill the next one and we'll prioritise and we'll, mm -hmm. you know, if we can go up to 3,000, right? Um, if the geology and what we're seeing says keep going, yeah. um, we'll keep going. But uh, we'll, we'll do a minimum of two um, to start with, I think. And, uh, and that gets a good test of the entire target area. Um, and then we've got the option of continuing if, if it's all looking good. And mm. I think it will. Yeah. Um, you know, past records have indicated um, similarities between some of the previous mineralisation in some old diamond holes that were recognised at Ironclad. So I'm fairly confident that. You know, similarities we will, should see yeah. the same stuff and um and that's that's a real you know that's one of the reasons why we've got such confidence in this mm. target um and that's why we're spending the money so um yeah look we we mammoth we finished the heritage survey about a month and a half ago we got the clearance a couple of weeks ago and now we're just working on getting the the equipment in yeah to do the site works um very exciting go. it's it's yeah so. yeah so a fair bit happening there and, and of course whilst that's happening yeah uh, i can imagine there'll be there'll be other sorts of projects as you said that you'll be you'll be focusing on that but you can't ne neglect the, the rare earths no. uh, as we highlighted no. so and and um we're doing the same process mm. right now at kirikara yeah 
So we've got a, well, we actually, we had a heritage survey planned about a month ago. Fortunately, there was a death in the community, so it was postponed. No, yeah. But that's going to start the 1st of October. All right. So that's again, soon as well then. Yeah. yeah two weeks and, and I'll be up there for that survey and I'll be up there for a week with the, with the guy, with the team. And then I'll be doing some, um, some reconnaissance myself, mm. a rock chip sampling around that rare earth sample that we, we got. And, um, but also just inspecting and making sure, you know, re-looking at the areas that we're actually planning to do a couple of diamond holes, um, which we plan to start, um, I'm hoping about the end of before the end of October. Mm. Um, now that the timing of that will be based on a lot of other variables from the heritage yes, survey, of course. Um, but that heritage survey will clear not only areas for the immediate drilling; it'll, it's going to clear areas for potential RC drilling. All right, if the rare earth target comes up, uh, if we get good results from the diamond drilling, we want to go in and do RC. So that's getting that cleared now. Um, but also some other areas where we've identified some similar targets. Um, IOCG slash carbonatite pipe-like targets um, for some ground geophysics, right? Because we want to get a bit more of a handle about mm. what those targets mean, uh, if they're legitimate, and whether we should go in and drill test them. So, so it's an important survey, mm. uh, but that then's going to give us a runway to do a fair bit of work over the next six to twelve months. Okay. What's a that's a good segue to to that project as well, mm. because that's another, as you said at the outset, quite mm. an important project and development there. So if we're almost going through the same lens of yeah. what that area is like, where it is, and some of the historical, uh, I guess, work that's been done there. I mean, what has been so intriguing about this area and almost the, the rare earth component? How did that all really start fluttering into, into Rincon resources? Look, um, West Toronto, I don't, did I say Kiwikara earlier? I mean, yes, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it is, has been known and referred to as the Kiwikara project, yeah. but it's... I didn't, I didn't give it an attempt at saying no, it because I always yeah, I just well, feel I'm going to botch it. Yeah, for that reason, because it seems to be come across as a bit of a tongue twister. Yes. Um, we, we're just going to refer to it as the Western Runter Project. Yeah. Western Runter. That's a bit nicer. Yeah, I was yeah. looking at and it and I didn't want to botch the, the people pronunciation. Are familiar, investors uh, you know, are familiar with Western Runter. Yeah. Um, so it made sense. And mm. so we're going to we'll continue from here on. I even I've got to get used yeah, to Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, that's helpful for me uh, and for I consume a lot of as, as the West Toronto project. Beautiful. Um, but the, the project itself has a prospect uh, called Pakali, um, and that's been known about for a long time. In fact, the founding director of Rincon was the geologist who drilled the early holes at Pakali for a company called Ashburton Minerals. And so... Um, obviously retaining the knowledge and excitement at that mm. time. Um, when was that, roughly? Uh, so that would have been early 2000s. Yeah, so early fair, to mid 2000s. So a time ago in, in some regards, but... Well, well it was, yeah, yeah but not, not that long ago. Mm. And, um, and I think the story goes that due to an administrative error, um, Ashburton Minerals lost title to the ground. Ah. All right. Um, and so... I don't know. It became difficult, and they just said, "Oh, we're just going to get it's out." Just, we'll you can't, on, right? yeah. Um, but someone um, picked up that ground, you know, as they do, and um, this this GIA, the founding director, he he was aware of that, mm. um, and then always kept it, it in the back of his mind. Absolutely, and yeah. then, you know, good projects are sometimes grabbed like that, um, and then did a deal to get it, and that's how it's come back into Rincon. Oh. Um, so we have in-house 
had in-house knowledge um, and have in-house knowledge of uh, the history of, of uh, Bacali in particular and the project. And, um, you know, some of the, at the time, and it's been well documented even by us that, you know, the Bacali is an outcropping system. It's a big hill. Mm. Um, but there's just a significant amount of outcropping veins and structures that carry, you know, high amounts, good grades of copper and gold and, and indeed silver, platinum, palladium. Mm. It's, you know... A it's whole a, host of minerals. It's a polymetallic yeah. system, but it's also, I mean, it's a, it's an IOCG system, right? But it's carrying a lot of different metals, okay? And, you know, in, in the area that's been explored so far, it's, there's also, you know, background levels of rare earths, as you'd expect in, mm. in an I, well, IOCG is an iron ore copper gold system Beautiful. for those who don't know. Yes, yes, uh, good. In an IOCG system. So, um, so the rare earths were always there, um, but just not in any sort of level of abundance that got us excited mm. earlier on until WA1 yes. made their discovery. All right. And so WA1 made that discovery, um, I wouldn't say it was by accident, Mm. They were actually testing a target for IOCG. As um, as we're sort of uh, encountering a bit more and more right. now. Yeah. Exactly the same style and type of signature that Picali pushes out in the geophysics. they targeting the same. In fact, the geophysicists, I believe, at the time working on that and developed those targets and the drill holes to test the targets with the same geos or geophysicists that worked with us and mm. still do work with us um, on developing our drill targets for the Kali, right? The diamond holes that yeah, they're going to yeah. um, And so, you know, they went and put one, two, couple of holes in. And fortunately enough, mm. you know, they, this is where they are today, right? Major niobium discovery, carbonatite pipe, um, and and now you've got an encounter next door replicating yeah. similar success. Um, now, the good thing is that our project covers... Same jolly, terms of age, type, um, same types of structures. Mm. It's a major crustal deformation zone. All right, um, big, big structures, deep mantle tapping structures. All right, these are big structures that bring up a lot of fluids and a lot of other stuff around it. You know, including these intrusives. Yeah, bring up all these metals. So, uh, this is where these types of systems live. And uh, so we always knew. Bacali was a ripper, um, but needs a lot more work. And mm. previous drilling demonstrated very you know, wide zones of you know, 0.3, 0.4% copper. So there was a lot of copper floating around, but never um, that didn't inject any real rich stuff. Um, but that's, So that's what we're going to try and test mm. with the diamond. We want to get down deep below and try and find the source of all this copper that's yes. sitting up near the surface. Um, <clears throat> so in our efforts to further understand geology, structure. We, we went out and did some mapping, sampling, a lot of sampling. And um, just by chance, one rock chip that I picked up mm. that just looked a little bit different to the other stuff we were collecting had a massive enrichment in rare earths, almost in every element 10 times more than abundance. Um, it's fair in enough. The average, yeah. average mantle abundance. Um, and so the, the, the GA who was doing the mapping at the, mapping at the time, um, Dr. Carl Rohart, a very smart fella, um, he said, mate, this is 
it's quite good. Yeah, <laughs> quite you stumbled onto something that's really interesting. It's mm. um, we couldn't really put a fingerprint on whether it was carbonatite or not because it was missing some phosphorus and some other elements that um, that should be there mm. to confirm that. Um, but all the other in the case suggests that this is from a carbonatite source, or yeah. you know, and it might just be a little bit of shoot off and that's come off it and um, you know potentially altered with subsequent events mm. and it's lost some of those other elements. Um, and so I obviously got excited. I mean, so we, we spoke to a lot of people and the, the, the consensus was, yeah, this is definitely from carbonatite. So yeah. Got to do your due diligence. Yeah, well, you know, to, yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. have to make sure. You can't just um, get excited about something. Exactly. The facts don't back up, right? Yeah. Um, so this is, I mean, this is a great sign for us to have potentially an IA, IACG with, a no, you know, um, mm. carbonatite mineralization rare earths next to each other, all right? And it's not uh, out of the question because mm. they all come up the same. They're all related to the same type of systems and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, that's just to have them next door, potentially. Yeah. Um, is um, It's a nice prospect to have. And it's pretty yeah. exciting. So, look, the, the work that I'm going to do when I go up for this heritage survey is to, to go back to where I got that sample. Mm. Um, take some more samples in that area and see if I can just say, okay, well, we've got it there. Now we've got it here, there, here. Mm, start getting a really good together, picture. Yeah. Get, you know, increase the, the knowledge and the facts and say, okay, well, that's all pointing to this direction. Let's drill here. Mm. All right. Um, and as I said, we're going to be doing a bit more geophysics over Picali, some high resolution stuff. Um, that should hopefully help us identify with a bit more precision yeah. about where to put, um, where to test that target if it comes up. So Well, and this is what I love, again, especially as we said at the outset, yourself being a, a geo almost, uh, this is like the perfect almost story of, of going out there and actually knowing and realizing potentially what this is because you could say coming from a potential finance background, going into exploration, as some companies do, you sort of might have missed something like this and you would almost say it's a fluke it's a, a rarity but this is almost the partnership of having someone that knows the rock area and the geology and can sort of understand a bit more as opposed to the potential the finance the numbers and and, and that side of it which is what i really like about yeah. geos running running teams like this and yeah. this feeds into as we can see a lot of activity coming and and it's almost a, a credit to, to the capital raise that you guys have done and you can see already the funds from that is going to be allocated towards a lot of these projects but i mean going through that and successfully getting that away mm. firstly congratulations thank you um i mean how enriching is that process been and, and what can you really i guess elevate and, and get access to now that you've got a bit more funds to really do some of these these programs and oh, exploration and, uh, you know the, the, well, I mean, the first thing is you know it, it's going to allow us to do mm. what we've been wanting to do for it's, a long time yeah almost harmstrung as a small cap with limited yeah. resources well like yeah. i said i mean a lot of it um has uh, been delayed or put on hold because you know as I said, the timing to actually, for some of these areas in particular, has taken time for mm. us to get access. So there's no point raising money for activities you want to do, but you can't do yes. for several months, right? No no one's going to give you money and it's to not do been that. a very forgiving or easy capital market yeah, recently so, as well. Yeah. Um, so I guess we ran the gauntlet a little bit in waiting. Um, and, you know, the share price obviously suffered because of that. Mm. But um, again... Even if we did it earlier on, there would have been, well, what's happening? What are you doing with the yeah, money? How yeah. soon can you do it? And we're like, oh, well, no, because still got to wait six months to mm. get this and that. So 
know, no one, no one will give you money to do that. So, so we, you know, we kind of were forced to wait a bit. Um, and unfortunately, you know, we did raise money. Uh, well, we raised a lot of money, which yes, is good, yes. but we raised at a price which is probably a little bit too low, mm. in my view, clearly mm. too low. But um, nonetheless, we've got the money. Uh, people believe investors put money in, clearly believe in the story. Mm. They um, understand and, and obviously like the strategy to explore and get the programs done, so we'll do that. Mm. Um, and then hopefully success comes and we build on that and we're you know it, it, we keep getting bigger and better yeah keeps uh, going on to the next stage and and, and, and that's the name of the game right yeah. um we want to make money for our shareholders and the only way we're going to do that is through good exploration to make a discovery that's mm. the, the name of our game that's that's our mission um and so that's what drives us that's what drives me is make a discovery yeah of course and and Have when you're go. saying yeah all of us i can imagine that also means there's there's a few and you touched on the board around you but i can imagine the team has also been uh, as always you need a good team and a bit of experience and you mm. said you're getting a bit of mentoring from potentially some of the other sides of the i guess the mining cohesion of you know you know the rocks and the yeah. geo but the, the finance side but i yeah. mean rounding out the team that you've got around you i mean who's been really quite influential and, and important in developing and getting this company to oh let's just stay i mean let's stay one person yeah exactly as a collective uh i mean the board is there support i mean we all the board has a role mm. for the for the company but you know we all have different inputs um so on the strategy um you know the man money management corporate management all that kind of stuff clearly that's that's the board mm. and mm. that's where i get that you know input from uh, from a technical perspective, I draw on connections I have with the know, industry. Really, yeah, smart people, right? There's a high-level educated people, doctors, masters of science, all that kind of stuff. But people have just generally had a lot of industry experience mm. um, beyond my years, who have seen more, um, who have achieved discovery success. Um, you know, have have done different parts of areas that. You know, I'm probably going to get into as well mm. um, that I haven't done. But there's no point in having an isolated view of things. Um, you need a balanced um, view, and the only way you can do that, I think, is to to draw on other ones and then you know say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, no, I haven't thought about that. Yeah. What if I do that? Um, there's always different ways of doing things. Fresh so, perspectives and yeah, you need that. Yeah. And if you don't do that, I think you, you suffer. Stagnant and yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, I'm, I'm I'm not an expert in any one particular field, um, and so for me, it's critically important mm. that you know that's the way I operate. Mm. Um, and it's good; everyone gets excited. Yeah, you know? I can um, imagine. Yes, yeah. yeah. And know? and given and given what you've got in this uh, this project package, that there is there's a fair bit of excitement, and and now having the money and. And combined with the work that's been leading up to this, you could almost say that balancing act of can we get there? And that's the sort of stresses that everyone mm. in your position would go through is can we actually get to that next stage? And yeah. it's a very, very competitive and tough industry to really thrive. And, and when you make that discovery, like boom, boom, you're away, as we've yeah. seen with with quite a few recently. But you mentioned there's uh, the, the last project and some, I guess, the future plans is to potentially look at options to, to do things with that. And yeah. that sort of feeds into, I mean, what can really everyone, investors or, or just people that are following the company expect over the, 
coming six to 12 months across the board um, and potentially with well, yeah, all three projects, um, w- what's going through the your mind and, and the team's mind? Well, look, I mean, um, there's a clear strategy to to test the targets we've got at both projects. Now, mm. they're either going to be successful and lead to a discovery or they won't. Mm. Um, yeah, now, that's the reality of everything reality. in this. But yeah. the, board's, the board's role um, is to continue to evaluate you know the um, the time value of money mm. and the opportunity. Um, you can't just keep spending something on something, you know, for the sake of it. Yeah, you have to start getting some rewards or indications. Otherwise, you're like, well, why do we do have we, it? Do we then say we, we can't afford to spend more money on that? Mm. Do we farm it out, or do we sell it, or do we, you know? Yeah, you, you've got to come to a decision about that at some point in time. Um, otherwise, you just run out of money. You, mm. you die slow death, um, and. You know, that's, a, that's something we've been doing at Laverton, right? We've, we've spent a fair bit of money there and we've got to a point where we think, well, we don't think the opportunity at Laverton is, is Warrants as good as Telfer or Kiriko at this point. Mm. So, you know, we should rotate, shift one out, bring one in. That might happen at the other projects as mm. well Yeah, in time. Um, and so that, and that, you know, sort of merging acquis- you know, acquisitions, joint ventures, sales, whatever, um, that happens all the time. Yeah, and if if a company's not really doing that, then um, you know you're not really you're doing, not doing the right anything. Yeah, exactly. To be honest. Exactly. Because um, no one wants you to spend all your money on that and then have just let no it sit other, there. What happens after that, right? Yeah. Um, where's my money go? Um, so yeah, that's you know what's going through the. That's minds. an interesting part of the business. Yeah. yeah. No, of course, and I think that's a good thing for investors and just followers to understand that because a lot of these exploration companies you have so much area and when you talk about you know kilometers you know when you actually think about that from a logistical point of view if you're standing in the middle Mm. you can't see the boundaries in some of these in some of these areas because it's Mm. just such a huge package of land um you think there's there's potentially such an abundance but yeah where do you start and how do you keep all that on your books and I think, you know, people get lost, especially sitting in Perth in Western Australia, you know, we're the most isolated city in the world. Um, and you've got to drive hours before you can get anywhere. If you compare that to other countries, it's completely different. But from a mining point of view, there's just so much land that you need to prioritize uh, and find out what your targets are and everything. It's yeah. just... Well, I mean, and this is the interesting thing about this West Australian Mining Act, right? It's basically use it or lose it. Mm. They give you an opportunity to... Know, um, have a piece of ground to explore, and they say, right, you know, you've got, we'll give you six years to explore, and you, you've got to spend this much money on it and pay this much rent and all this kind of stuff, and then, um, you know, and you can apply to extend for another period, all right, but generally you've got to have a reason to do mm, that. So they're not just going to do it because they haven't done anything on that yeah. lease, they won't let you extend, so you lose it. Um, if you've done enough to, to warrant further investigation, then they say, okay, we'll, we'll give you another six years and so forth, right? But there's always a time limit. So mm. you can't just house. You can't just sit in your hands. Yeah. So you're, you're forced to acquire, evaluate, test, um, you know, and then make a decision one mm. or another. If, if, if you've done a test and you can't see potential for what you're looking for, you move it on, yeah. right? And so... In that regard, you're constantly evolving Mm. regardless, right? But in terms of finding a good project, um, I mean, there's there's a few things to 
consider. I mean, one, obviously you want good geology, good structure. Um, you want to you know that, you know, what you're looking for, that there's an opportunity to find that in that space. Um, but then, you know, what happens if you find a major discovery? Mm. What's the cost of developing such a thing? What do you need? How big does it need to be to put in the infrastructure that you'd need to develop it? Can you get it out? Let's, you know, where do you send it? Mm. How do you do that? Mm. Um, this was some of the questions we faced, I guess, with West Arunta, right, until WA1 yeah. made their discovery. Um, and so on the back of that, um, and not only not only that, but there's another company next door called Agrimin. Agrimin are developing massive potash brine project on Lake Okay. Um, and so they've got plans to put in you know, their infrastructure to, mm. to mine that, truck it up to Kununara, they're putting in a major road. Um, so, okay, all of a sudden there's... Infrastructure being built and accessibility and, improving. Yeah, there's potentially accessible infrastructure for access, at least. Mm. Um, and, you know, depending what happens with WA1, um, if they, that goes to a decision to mine, right? And, and a lot of this based on economics and... Mm time if it's if it's warranted it's economic if that happens okay all of a sudden there might be a processing mill and, and some more infrastructure and 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 uh, base load power right um it all starts to make that area more accessible mm. uh, and, and also the starts, entire area as well it, absolutely this de-risking brings down any potential cutoff grades that you need to work to um because you don't have to someone's done that you, mm. don't, you don't have to do that just have to negotiate to share it, yeah, if possible. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you monitor things like that all mm. the time, and, and you got to make sure. I mean, Telf is similar, um, given it's remote, but the Telf gold mine itself has all that infrastructure in place. But importantly, it's got a really hungry mill, which needs once more, once more feed, mm. um, and that's why Telf for us is a really good opportunity because anything we find. Because already got a home, I really wanting it. Yeah. I know where it's going. Yeah, and course. all we would need to do is put in trucking access or haul road access to, mm. to mine it and deliver it. Yeah, and uh-huh. I think that's very important or because yeah, Chris want to buy it. Yeah. So there's a couple of extra strategies there. And as we're noticing uh, the almost direction of mining exploration now, uh, given the tailwinds of how much we need to uncover, uh, and that's a whole other podcast in itself of the the looming supply versus demand picture uh, yeah. and a lot of these critical minerals, a lot of the discoveries need to come in areas that potentially haven't necessarily been uh, developed or infrastructure. They're not going to be those really accessible areas. I think that's, you can say reality has already been taken up or absorbed or under production. And it's now that next stage of end of life. Uh, mm. So the new discoveries are going to be in those areas where infrastructure and accessibility is going to be built into it. And mm. that's just the the beauty of this next stage of life that we're facing in, in the mining development in Australia and almost across the world. But yeah. for listeners that are trying to follow and stay on top of RinCon, because I can see a fair bit of news and activity coming out mm. and there'll be some exciting news, hopefully, and just lots of activity. Uh, where can listeners and viewers go to follow the company and stay on top of all the announcements coming out? Oh, look, yeah, we've got a pretty good presence on LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, we regularly put out announcements and bit of news here and there mm. but you know the website's the main thing um call me call me direct uh <laughs> my number's public my email's public um i'm here to talk to anyone who wants to know more mm. about rincon um of course asx news 
you know, that's obviously when we've got something to disclose, mm. announcements of results, it's all going to go through ASX News. So uh, I urge you to, you know, if it's not on your, your watch list. Yeah, exactly. On, those, on any of those platforms, then put us on there. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, you know, we'll have news leading up to starting drilling, probably during drilling, uh, post drilling, and then, you know, we'll start to get assays and results towards the back end of this year. Mm. So there's uh, another... Um, um, a reason to, to to follow to follow yeah of course uh, and and that'll go into early next year with, with diamond drilling and all that kind of stuff to come up mm. in, you know I think the diamond drilling I said we start late October so so the next like I said the next six months being really quite busy mm. um, they might be a little bit slower at Christmas time because the last of our projects <laughs> yeah everyone uh, wants a break yeah. yeah well I mean you simply can't operate in, ah of course seasonality yes yes yes, right? yes it's just way too hot um so there'll be a bit of a pause, but results will still come in. So there'll be some news or technical mm. news. Um, and then hopefully from probably February, March onwards, we, we restart our season. We're doing some geophysics work at Kiwikara, sorry, West Toronto. There we are, yep. And, um, but we're also, look, at the same time, and I've, I've failed to mention so far, is that um, at Telfer, we've also got another ripping target called Recurve, which mm. we're right now talking to the Aboriginal uh, community about getting access for a survey. So the recurve, unfortunately, is in an area where there's, there's, there's zero access. Mm, um, it's bush bashing so almost We've in got a way. to put in an access, but we've got to cross several dunes. So that's all delicate. Yeah. Um, and so that's going to take time. And in this time of the year, mm. coming into law time, where, um, you know, the Matu Native Title Party, they don't do anything between November and probably March. So if we don't get our survey done before November, yeah. we're going to have to wait, have to wait until so next year sometime. Okay. That's, you know, and that's, yeah, we don't, we want to get things done mm. straight away. Yeah, but unfortunately that's the, you know, the law we live by at the moment. Yeah. Um, but that's what we're working on. So then there's recurve drilling that will, you know, that will happen next year. Mm. And that'll probably be the, one of the first programs we do, you know, if we go ahead with that. Um, and then, Obviously, results will determine what happens after that. Yeah, exactly. That's the next stage of the, the company. That's the next stage, yeah. right? And that's, you know, we continually review and assess. And um, But look, yeah, not only that, as I said, you know, we'd we, we probably be looking for a, a project, a lithium project. Mm. Um, you know, I'm looking at several at the moment. Mm. And, just, and that will be also fluttering through the yeah. ASX announcements um, as well. Well, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, but... You know, that's all depends if it all goes to plan. That's and, what's yeah. happening, right? So, yeah. like I said, we're trying to take Laban, move Laban, and bring something in. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I've started looking at that opportunity mm. um, and how how and what that might look like. Not fantastic. Mm. There's a lot happening, and yeah, I appreciate it. It's uh, it's been a great conversation. So the first time we've spoken and the first yeah. time on a podcast. So I hope you enjoyed yourself. I think there was a fair bit to to dissect there, and I hope audiences appreciate that. But yeah, thank you, Gary, for speaking with me on the show today and yeah it's going to be an exciting period of time so i look forward to seeing the updates come through and, and hopefully have you back in the in coming months or in the new year to see what's sure. really unfolding so thank yeah. you so much gary oh thanks ben thanks for having me thanks for listening to the marketable podcast if you enjoyed it please make sure to like and subscribe you can follow the market bull on our socials at twitter and linkedin by searching the market bull you can also subscribe to our newsletter on the website by visiting www.themarketbull.com.au.